Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul. We like the stonks decant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Gentlemen, 2021. Yeah, what? is is the squeeze quos, bro? <laughs> what a ride. Yeah, so in an earlier episode, we, we referenced this episode, uh, fairly often, actually, we explored the concept of, quote unquote, economy. And in that episode, we put out a call to all our fellow listeners to tell us the difference between uh, the current ideology of the economy and the tactics of religion. At the time of this recording, so far, none of us have discovered a differentiating trait. If, if an economy is a religion, and if that religion has a god, then that god is the concept of energy over time. We'll call it value. And exploiting that value over time is a multi-billion dollar business, and it gets surreal pretty quickly. Like, do you guys remember GameStop? When's the last time you were in a GameStop? You know, I actually, I like to pop into a GameStop every time I go to a mall. Uh, and there's actually, there are some freestanding GameStop. People always assume they're only in malls, but there's one uh, near uh, me um, in the local Target shopping center on Moreland Avenue in Atlanta. I don't know why. The nostalgia thing. Uh, did you guys remember that GameStop used to be Babbage's? Talk about remember a mall store. Yes. And I too have a local GameStop, which I still frequent uh, because I'm a, 30-something-year-old man that still plays video games. I dig it. I, I, I dig it. I like, I'm a physical copy guy. You know what I mean? Yep. Whether books yep. or games, it's the only way to make sure that you actually own the thing you buy. It's a good point, because if you're getting it from a server situation, who knows if the thing you get when you stream it or whatever, or if it'll all of a sudden be bricked because you didn't do the latest update. So if it, well, I guess that could happen with uh, discs, too. But it's, it's a really good point you make, Ben. Shout out to Kendall for uh, their infamous deletion of George Orwell's 1984 after people bought it. Uh, look, on Tuesday, 
the week we record this, we're recording January 29th, GameStop, which is still around, uh, saw its fortunes turn in a very weird way. Their stock price skyrocketed over the, the previous price, and this sent shockwaves through the stock market, through the world of finance overall. And this is an ongoing event, meaning there's information on the way that we don't have yet. No one does. And the story we're covering today continues. So by the time this reaches the air, some of the information may be outdated. But as the Mad Hatter said, let's start at the beginning. We'll go through the middle and do our best to find the end. GameStop, Wall Street, Reddit, here are the facts. What the hell just happened? How is how is this brick and mortar business suddenly one of the hottest stocks on the planet? Yeah, it feels very weird to even be talking about GameStop in the news outside of something terrible happening to yet another brick and mortar store. I don't know if any of you guys got like messages from friends like what's going on with GameStop? Cuz it was a little confusing. It was like GameStop was trending and we knew something weird was going on with the stock market and GameStop, but because of the kind of a little convoluted uh, and and mysterious nature of the stock market, it's not something that everybody can immediately wrap their head around. So it definitely does do a little digging and requires some kind of basic knowledge of some foundational yet very odd concepts uh, of the stock market. Yeah, I want to on that note, I want to thank everybody who reached out via Twitter or Instagram or sent sent a text. Uh, this <laughs> this story broke in the mainstream pretty much this week, but there's there's a lot to it. And I think you're right. We have to we have to first start with the stock market, which is a ridiculous thing. We all we all pretend it's not ridiculous, but it's it's a ridiculous thing. So imagine you're a company. You have two ways to raise money to cover your startup cost or to grow your business. You can either borrow money, that's debt financing, or you can sell stock, sell shares of your company, that's equity financing. And a share of stock is literally a little piece of ownership of your company whether that's Applebee's, whether that's GameStop, BlackBerry, AMC Theaters, Nokia, all the rest, all the good ones. Discovery Communications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic stock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, too, because even if you're not like, say, a, a, a lion's share stockholder, you know, uh, of a company, you are still entitled to a lot of the same information and uh, privy to some of the same kind of meetings that those people are. So even if you're like, just hold a little bit of stock, you get prospectuses on what's going on with the company uh, and you are able to sit in on these shareholder meetings where like the CEO gives kind of the rundown of what's going on with the company. And that's because you have bought a share of the stock. So you are you are part of you are part of the ownership or the owner class. Uh, that means you're entitled to a proportional fraction of the assets and the earnings of that company. Assets are everything a company owns and earnings are all the money it brings in from whatever it's selling, whether it's a product or a service. And this is this is what happens on the stock market. The stock market kind of mimics two other concepts. Number one, insurance. Somebody cover us. Somebody have our back. Number two, gambling. Vegas, baby. Uh, it's uh, Wall Street is is in some ways uh, Vegas with a tie, you know, and an investor uses money to support this given idea, this company, this endeavor. And if the endeavor succeeds, the investor wins. If it fails, the investor loses their influence ordinarily in a basic buying a stock kind of thing. But there are, there are multiple ways to participate to play in this casino uh, for the vast majority of people, the vast majority of individual investors, what are called retail investors. This means that you buy a certain stock at a certain price, hopefully a low one. And then hopefully later on down the line, you sell it at a higher price. So you, you get your, uh, you, <laughs> let's see, what's, what's a good one. Uh, you get your oh, coffee, whatever you get your coffee stock at $10 and next month you sell it for 15. Good job. But as we said, that's just the beginning to understand what's happening. We have to understand the concept of something called short selling. 
Yeah, which is uh, essentially uh, the reverse of that concept. Instead of buying low and selling high, you're buying high and selling low, kind of. It's a little, you know, oversimplification. But um, the idea is that you borrow a stock that you don't actually own and then you sell it. Uh, you're making a bet that the stock's price will go down um, and then you can sell it. You can return it back to the person, the broker, I guess, that you've borrowed it from. Um, and then you pocket the difference uh, in, you know, in the stock price from when you borrowed it to when the end of that contract expires. Yeah, it's a really weird concept and it's still difficult for me to wrap my head around it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many different places have attempted to explain it. Um, it still doesn't make sense that there's money in it, except <laughs> except for the fact that you're the borrowing is really important. Borrowing it and then selling it in hopes of I I, I don't understand. God, <laughs> it's the old line from uh, Popeyes, right? I'll, I'll I'll gladly pay you on Wednesday for a hamburger on Tuesday. Vulture has a really good explanation of this that I I hope is helpful for a lot of us in the audience today. Let's say, um, Matt, let's say Paul has a book. That book is worth 10 bucks. And so you go to Paul and you say, that's that's a kick-ass book. Uh, Can I borrow it? I'm going to give it back to you in a couple of days. And then you take that book, which you do not own, and you sell that book to someone else for $10. That's uh, that's how much the book is worth. But you're thinking this book is going to be uh, less valuable before you have to give the book back to Paul. And mm-hmm. so the book, let's say the book drops um, to $4. Everybody said, this is not a $10 book. This is a $4 book. There are so many of them. And so now you can go and buy the actual book for $4 and you can give it back to Paul. And now you have $6. That makes so much more sense. Thank you, Vulture and Ben. <laughs> so That makes so much more sense. Okay. So that's a very, that's oversimplified. Um, what you're doing in that example is you're closing that short position. You're buying those shares. You're getting that book from the market and you're getting it cheaper than, uh, than it was when you borrowed it and sold it. Well, and it makes so much more sense why you would have, you know, uh, firms that represent a bunch of people buying a ton of stock in when they're shorting it. That makes so much more sense. Okay. I would argue that the book example uh, is almost like you're, you're doing this without the person's knowledge. You're, you're, you're essentially stealing their property. And then if it doesn't work out, you're paying them back for it without having gotten permission to sell it in the first place. I, I am assuming that there is an understanding when you're shorting these stocks that that's exactly what you're going to do. This is a contract that, that sets some terms as to what the parameters are around this relationship. Yeah, to make it to give people a better sense of the state. Let's let's get rid of the book example and say that instead, Matt has borrowed Paul's Lamborghini and sold Paul's Lamborghini and now has 10 days to find a cheaper Lamborghini because he has to give the car back. So Jeffrey A. Bourne, who is a professor of finance and associate dean of undergraduate programs in the Damore McKim School of Business, has has a great explanation. And it's it's kind of what you were you were saying earlier, Noel. We know the way to make money on the stock market is to buy low, sell high, but you can do that in either order, and shorting is the backwards order. That's where it gets risky, okay? Because back to this vulture example with the book. Let's say that Matt, the book you you got, you borrowed, ten dollar book, but now all of a sudden, a few days later, it's a one thousand dollar book, and you have to buy that book, and you can only buy it for a thousand dollars because you have to give it back to Paul. So if the price increases instead of declining, then you as the investor, as the book borrower, are on the hook. And you just lost money. You just, in this example, you just lost a ton of money. It's a bad day. Yeah. So the person on the other end doesn't matter to them because they're going to get the book back either way. They're going to get the stock back either way. They don't care what's happened in the interim. As far as they're concerned, they just let you borrow the thing and then they get it back no matter what. 
So it's up to you to make sure that that thing is returned. It's going to be returned one way or the other. There's no like, oh, sorry, I don't have it anymore. That's not part of the arrangement. You absolutely have to get it and pay whatever it takes to get it. But if you get it back for cheaper, then you pocket that difference. And that's how you make your money. And if you do this a bunch successfully, you can make a lot of money. But if, if you're thinking at home, this sounds really dodgy and kind of unethical and sort of sleazy. I mean, there, there's an argument that that's the case. And it's a very uh, controversial practice, even among high level Wall Street types, maybe that maybe it would be considered like the ethical set of, of Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, just to jump back to that book example for a second, if that book was then worth a thousand dollars and then now I, I owe, I have to do like spend a grand to give the book back to Paul. I'm definitely calling Congress or the SEC and, and asking for a bailout immediately. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and if you're the right kind of entity, your chances of getting a bailout are much higher <laughs> than mm-hmm. if that, you know, if you're like, Matt's mutual funds, Matt's hedge fund, you probably have a better chance, candidly, of getting getting some help from Uncle Sam than you would if you were just Matt the person. So this all brings us to GameStop. This is the environment in which GameStop's story is occurring. Yes, that GameStop used to be Babbage's brick and mortar store. They sell video games, new and used, video game consoles, toys, and movies. It turns out someone was attempting to short sell GameStop, and that makes sense because GameStop is in a mall. GameStop is a physical store. Those those are two very difficult things to navigate nowadays. And as they say in Scooby-Doo, the people attempting to short sell GameStop would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for some sharp-eyed nerds, and I say this with great affection, with their eyes on the market. There's a guy who is known as Roaring Kitty or deep f-ing value who actually got doxxed recently. Uh, so we're, we're just going to keep with his internet handles. Uh, he, he's the one who realized there was a hedge fund shorting GameStop stock in July of 2020. He made a video that's about an hour long where he explained his logic and why he was bullish on the stock, which is about, I think about $4 per share when he recorded it. Uh, and I, which, which means you should buy. Right, right, and uh, and we were talking earlier uh, with with Paul and and Paul. What was the stock at today? Did you check? Uh, Paul has just told us the stock is as we record at three hundred and forty eight dollars, a little north of that per share. So from four dollars to three hundred forty eight dollars. Uh, this video came out in twenty twenty, but he's been buying this stuff earlier. Yeah, since 2019. And as we record today, uh, this kind of packet of stocks, including, you know, again, the whole idea behind this this, uh, practice is to target stocks that will likely fail, to target companies that will likely fail. It's not like doing this is going to make them more likely to fail, uh, because that would be extra crappy. But it's it's, it's just a a practice of kind of making bets that these stocks and these companies are not going to do well. Mm -hmm. So a lot of companies that were affected by the pandemic, like GameStop, like like the movie theater chain AMC are on the table for this type of practice. Um, so a lot of these stocks uh, have been bundled up in what has been widely reported as something called a short squeeze, uh, which is a combination of it's basically a a way to screw over these investors that make their money shorting stocks. I want to step back real quick, though, because there's an important point. And I think a lot of our listeners are thinking this, too, which is what you said is absolutely correct in in theory. It's absolutely correct. However, we have to remember we're talking about influence on a macro scale. If you have the juice for it and if you have the connections, let's say you're Matt's mutual fund and you're short selling books, uh, you can have Matt or one of Matt's employees or someone who knows Matt from college or something go on CNN. Go on Fox, go on MSNBC and say something like, you know what sucks? This book. <laughs> and then that can that can influence the price of that book. And that does happen. Uh, there's not really I mean, it's kind of you can see how it's tough to regulate that. Uh, and that's well, why, yeah, yeah. There aren't a lot of regular folks showing up on CNBC to tell you, a viewer, about their special stocks that they like to to trade in. 
Uh, Elon Musk got in trouble quite a few times for saying things on Twitter that affected his own stock price. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and then he got in trouble with his board and they basically said, yeah, you can't do that. Stop, stop doing that. Uh, Whether he was knowingly doing it to game the system it's you know, he's a, he's kind of an interesting mavericky type fellow. It's hard to say. Uh, I would lean towards, he knew exactly what he was doing, but you know, Donald Trump, for example, and I can't think of any direct examples of him using his presidential platform to directly call out an individual stock, but he certainly did for sectors, and certainly indicated that, you know, certain investments were going to be going into certain sectors, and that would absolutely affect stock prices. Uh, but it would be harder to pin because, again, the language that he used was more broad and vague. Yeah, it gets it gets sticky real quick. It does. By the way, have you guys have you guys looked at uh, what's been going on with Tesla stock? Dear God. It's out of control, right? Like, it's just it's nuts. I, I don't like I don't like being a person that thinks about stocks a lot. I don't like this feeling that I've had over the past couple of days. <laughs> thinking about money all the time. Yeah, I don't even, I, I don't particularly care for casinos myself. I, I just, I, you know, if you have fun with them, have fun with them and just do so responsibly. Uh, a short squeeze is another thing that's a little bit difficult to regulate against. This is when a stock or other asset has a huge jump in price, and this forces all our book buyers in this example uh, to buy up the stock to try to stem the flow of financial blood. And that scramble only drives the stock higher and higher. And this is why, at one point recently, the cost of GameStop stock, which is our tongue twister for the day, mm-hmm. soared by like as much as 1,700%, not 170%, 1,700%. This can lead to insane losses for those short sellers. These losses, by the way, a little bit of foreshadowing, could in theory be much, much higher than, say, an SEC fine for illegal market manipulation. Dude. Dude, you know what? We're going to do this, Ben. Throughout this episode, I'm just going to tell you what GameStop stock is, Ooh, okay? Because we yes. said 348 before. It's now 368. Uh, so it's our, It's like, just, you know, obviously stocks fluctuate a ton throughout the day, uh, up and down like that. But it, we're just going to see where we, where we land. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. And what a good time to pause. Uh, we'll be back after a word from our sponsor. Maybe, Matt, maybe you can kick us off by telling us if the price is the same. <laughs> oh, it's back. It's back down now. It's three fifty-seven, three fifty-five. <laughs> the best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not hundred percent sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. How did this happen? Someone got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. As we said, GameStop was ailing. A lot of people thought its demise was on the horizon, very near. Uh, Sales were sluggish because for all the reasons that we just named, you don't really have to go to a physical store to buy a new game nowadays. You can download it. Malls are the native environment of GameStop stores, and they were already in dire straits way before a pandemic. And so traditional investors are being rational about this, and they're saying, hey, There's a chance to do our short selling thing, but they overdid it. In a worst case scenario, a lot of folks will tell you that somewhere around five to 10% of a stock could be shorted. This was not the case with GameStop. No, those investors shorted 100% of GameStop stock. More than 100%, right? And then, and then it went to more. So you hit, impossible? you hit 100% and yeah. then you just Wait, kept going. Well, I don't understand. How is there not a ceiling? How can there not be? Nope, sorry. The, the market's closed on GameStop. You can't do any more. It, it's, like, it's like overselling a concert. I've never understood how you can oversell a concert. Or seats on an airline. Right. It just seems like the very basic level of greed, kind of. I don't know what it is. So they're borrowing these shares. Right. So they're borrowing more shares than actually exist. And people initially didn't really didn't really heed what Roaring Kitty or DFV was saying. He invested fifty three thousand dollars in the beginning and people were kind of mocking him. They were like, oh, wow, you're crazy. I mean, YOLO, do you, bro? But don't expect much. And then online forums, specifically Reddit, eventually had his back. And an online community of stonk watchers, <laughs> that's S-T-O-N-K, uh, saw an opportunity to do a couple of things with GameStop. Picture, and you can see the memes, uh, picture the famous Heath Ledger take on the Joker in the Nolan Dark Knight s- series saying, it's not about the money, it's about sending a message. Yeah, or the the other Joker from The Joker. There's a fantastic video that you can find online, or it's I guess it's more of a GIF with, that's animated, but uh, that goes throughout the whole scene there at the end where the Joker does some the thing that he does on that show. You you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's it's just fantastic, and it does speak to millennials and people who are younger uh, than us, uh, and it really hits home. And it makes sense why why a group of folks who are investing on their own and don't have a lot of assets to their name and don't feel like they don't have a lot of opportunities because the situations have changed since their previous generation. Why that group of people would want to do this? Yeah, yeah. They had a couple of reasons. Of course, there's there's a there's a profit motive, right? We could make some money off of this. Uh, there's also 
this ideological push that has um, has some kind of like cognitive DNA in common with Occupy Wall Street, if anybody remembers that from a mm-hmm. thousand years ago now. Uh, they wanted to damage these hedge funds that make billions of dollars by betting on the failures of these companies. They also wanted to troll this industry. And frankly, if you talk to a lot of people involved, they'll say they like GameStop. They have nostalgia for it, just like many of us listening today. We like the stock. And they also wanted to show the collective power that people without billions of dollars of capital could uh, could exert if they worked together. And that's where that's where a subreddit called Wall Street Bets comes in. And, uh, you know, we've all been having various conversations about this off air. Wall Street Bets is is getting portrayed in a weird way in the mainstream media and some ways that are either intentionally or accidentally misleading. But it's it's a lot of people who are identifying themselves as day traders or retail investors, and they were keeping an eye on these companies that had a lot of stock shorted. And they coordinated their efforts having DFVs back to buy tons and tons of GameStop stock as much as they could. And they wanted to to drive up the price for this hedge fund and make it very expensive for them to buy back these stocks and make good on their short positions. That's the short squeeze. And it kind of, well, the story's not over yet, but it kind of worked. Financial data companies estimate short sellers lost upwards of $70 billion so far just because uh, of this short squeeze on GameStop and on other stocks. But this is not the crazy part. Let's look at what happens uh, and what Wall Street did, how they reacted when peasants invaded the casino. Here's where it gets crazy. Yes, enter uh, Robinhood, uh, an app that many of you may have heard of from this very show because we, in fact, have done some advertising with Robinhood in the past. Uh, Robinhood is a investment tool app that folks uh, are able to use to kind of get dip their toe into the stock market. It's sort of presented as like for the people. Uh, they very much align themselves with kind of the aftermath and the fallout uh, and public sentiment towards Wall Street after the Occupy Wall Street movement um, and, and very much capitalized on that. You know, the idea of Robin Hood, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor or the people. It's anyone's market out there, right? Uh, but unfortunately, the, this particular story uh put some cracks in that facade uh, that they've tried so desperately to to cultivate. Um, many of the retail investors that drove up the price of GameStop and others in this, these bundles of, uh, of short squeeze um, positions were using Robinhood to do so. Um, the retail investors noticed something odd, though, when this all started to hit the fan. Robinhood and other brokers like them were restricting these stocks in kind of weird ways. And when we say restricting, we literally mean they were not allowing users to buy them. Some users. Some users, right. To buy existing GameStop stock. It would only allow them to sell the positions that they already had. Um, why would they do this? You might ask, was it, uh, out of like some sort of, you know, sense of justice for the financial markets that no, this will not stand. Or is there something deeper, uh, at play or, you know, w- why wouldn't they uh, see this as a positive? Cause it really is an example of the poor rising up and robbing from the rich. This is exactly what Robin hood as an icon stands for. Um, so well, by only allowing you some users to sell the stock they already had, it allowed this hedge fund, Melvin, um, which is already in dire straits at this point, to buy up the stock that they had shorted in the hopes of kind of reducing some of this damage. You know, uh, both Robinhood and another um, company called Interactive Brokers uh, also raised margin requirements, which means that a trader needed to have more collateral in order to maintain that position. Um, if they didn't have what these outfits saw as the necessary collateral, they, they would automatically have their positions closed out. That doesn't seem very Robin Hoody, does it? Well, yeah, it, it seems like you're 
you're pushing out people who were jumping on a bandwagon, or at least that's it. It seems like what they were attempting to do. Right? You got a thumb on the scale, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're right. The outcry begins. A lot of people who are, you know, falling victim to this are crying foul. And it's, it's a valid thing to have a problem with. For the past few years, Robinhood has spent a lot of time and energy marketing itself as something born out of Occupy Wall Street. We're democratizing finance for all. Uh, but it turns out a lot of people are saying they, they feel this may not be as impartial an institution as it appeared to be. There's a very old cliche on the Internet Not a story the Jedi would tell you. Uh, If a service appears to be free to a user, Facebook's a great example, then it means that you're not the real customer. You're the product. Robinhood is popular because it's commission-free, meaning you can make trades and you don't have to pay, uh, you don't have to pay a little bit of a VIG to make those trades. So how did that make money? How are they doing this for free? Well, they're taking these trades that these users are making. And they're selling the information about those trades to other firms, to large firms, before these orders are actually executed. And that means that if you are positioned correctly as one of these firms, you can see the trends. You can see the the wind moving through the financial forest. And then you, as this large firm, can take that information and use it to inform your own financial actions. It's it's pretty neat when you think about the system. You get a window into what's happening. It kind of reminds me of the AI things that we've discussed in the past on this show of, of attempting to find a way to tell the future by looking at the past closely enough and like right up to the moment um, and being able to simulate something, right? Because mm-hmm. it's almost like you can you can see it that way. It's strange, it's strange that that's what it actually was. And that's all confirmed. Like that's, that's, ex- that's what they were doing. That's the, yeah, that's the business model. Jeez. So Robinhood's largest customer is allegedly a firm known as Citadel Securities. Uh, they apparently tried to bail out Melvin Capital. That's the hedge fund. They got, you know, the one that was popping up in the headlines for this shorting of GameStop. So the big fish are buying info from Robinhood, and they're inserting themselves into this process, uh, into this kind of chain of events between when you as a customer make a deal on Robinhood and when it actually gets executed on Wall Street. Uh, this is something called order flow. And, and Vice has a pretty good explanation of this. Vice says Citadel Securities pay tens of millions of dollars for this order flow, but makes money by automatically taking the other side of the order, then returning to the market to flip the trade. And then it gets to pocket the difference between the price to buy and the price to sell. And that's known as the spread. Isn't that interesting that the term spread is another term that you often hear in sports betting? horse racing, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, they really are uh, relying on a lot of the same concepts and terms. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a good case to be made that some of this retail investment action uh, may be happening because of the decline in sports betting during the COVID mm. pandemic, you know. Uh, so there we, there we are. Outfits like Citadel are supposed to be honest dealers. They're supposed to look for the best price for any particular order. Uh, and whether and that's whether they internalize the order themselves or whether they send it to the market. Fortunately, this has not always been the case. Back in 2017, they were fined $22 million by the SEC because their algorithms were taking advantage of retail investors when it was purchasing those order flows. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back to explore more because the tale continues to unfold. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back, which means it's time for, uh, I don't know about you guys, but my new favorite game, Matt Frederick, what is the stock price of GameStop? GameStop at this moment is three forty-seven. Mm. It's going up and down, baby. You never know. Uh, just to jump back really quickly to the Citadel thing, it makes so much sense. The it's exactly what we were talking about. Citadel is getting all that information from Robinhood, right? That order flow of what's coming through, and they are they're literally going opposite to whatever all of the retail peasants want and so that way it's almost as if it's canceling out what retail uh stock buyers and sellers are doing it's interesting because now since we're talking about gamestop let's let's introduce the next part this way okay. a new player has entered the game oh you know, the sound cue uh has this cause been co-opted uh vice has again done some excellent reporting on this and there's a narrative here that's presented online. Uh, it's the idea of like the little guy, right? The person who is not a Wall Street tycoon banding together with like-minded people to get back, to get revenge of some sort on the big fish. But the truth of the matter is probably more complicated. It's probably not just like uh, a kind of a Star Wars narrative of the rebels versus the empire. Yes, uh, and that's because the financial system has a ton of moving parts, uh, and these day traders using Robinhood, who see themselves as you know literal kind of Robinhoods freedom fighters, um, are really just just kind of blips on the radar. They're just tiny cogs in a massive, massive, very, very expensive machine. Um, so it's worth you know mentioning that whatever 
profits some of these day traders end up with uh, on GameStop, it's really ultimately a drop in the bucket. Uh, the huge firms that own the majority of GameStop stock will likely in the end still come out on top, not to, you know, rain on this whole freedom fighting kind of stick it to Wall Street parade. But these entities, these massive too big to fail type firms are, are folks like Fidelity and BlackRock, and they all own millions of GameStop shares each. Uh, for example, I think BlackRock owned around 9.2 million shares worth uh, about $174 million. That was at its original price back in December of 2020. And that's according to SEC filings that were published this week. Um, that stake now is worth about $3.1 billion. God, I hope they sold. Yeah, this, is, this, this, this leads me to ask something that I asked off, off mic, uh, and, and I think it's something that maybe there isn't really a good answer to. But obviously we can see how this false inflation of the stock price can benefit these big fish, but how does it actually benefit the company? You know, because it's obviously like a, um, an incorrect, you know, assessment of how the company is actually doing. Cause t- you'd think a stock price would be reflective of how a company's doing what their, you know, futures are, their perspective of growth, et cetera, during their quarterly earnings reports and all of that, it should be tied to some physical asset, uh, whether it be a brick and mortar store, you know, uh, inventory or what have you. So how does this in vastly overinflated stock price actually benefit the folks that run the GameStop company? Yeah, it's an interesting question, right? How how closely associated are the stocks and the actual thing, right? Um, it's important to note that, you know, an economy alone is not the health of a nation or a country, and a stock price alone is not always indicative of the actual value of the thing, right? Because what we're talking about at this point is kind of an article of faith. We're circulating ideas and beliefs and values, right? We're betting, we're believing in a thing, or we're attempting to convince other people to believe in a thing, right? And, um, you know, like the dollar is, is a coupon, you know, we all just sort of believe that it'll work. It represents, um, energy and labor over time. That, that is the value of the dollar. You're really trading time when you pay uh, someone a dollar or when someone gives you a dollar. Uh, and this, I would argue this is kind of similar. And, you know, it is it is amazing. We're, we're seeing story after story of, you know, a kid just out of college that invested a little bit of money in GameStop and then was able to pay off, you know, his or her student loans. In, almost immediately over the course of a year or, you know, um, someone who was able to buy their first home and it didn't look like they were going to be able to because they couldn't find steady income. Um, but, you know, it's just it's incredible that that is true and exists and came out of this whole deal. It is also weird to think that BlackRock or whatever, you know, went from Scrooge McDuck level to buying a palace on the Black Sea. <laughs> right, the Mansa Musa or Putin level. Yeah, this. I, I think that's a really good point that we shouldn't miss here. Um, even, if, even if some of these individual investors are at scale, uh, accurately described as a drop in the bucket, that's a life-changing drop. That's, that's amazing for so many people. Uh, and right now, as, as we record, there are many people on online forums who are urging one another to hold, as in to not sell GameStop and these other stocks, because that would uh, enable some of these short sellers to get some stocks back, right? To get those borrowed stocks back and close their position. And then there are other things that are happening. They're really weird things. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't, I didn't expect uh, neo-Nazis to show up. But uh, people are <laughs> recognizing opportunities and things are getting even crazier. You're going to see some circulation of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. The old stuff, you know, that keeps coming back around throughout history. Uh, and some people are just trolling, I guess, you know, in like a 4chan level way. Uh, other people are spreading what I assume to be their sincere, uh, incredibly misguided ideologies. And then 
This is the thing we have to remember. We're talking about the internet. Anybody can make a Reddit account. Anybody can log into any number of forums and they can say they're whomever they want to say they are. But that doesn't mean that's their real identity. It's, it's quite possible. I would say even likely that there are professional traders involved. We were talking about this before we went on air. But if you go into these forums, you will see a lot of a lot of uh, bots. You'll also see a lot of people who are trying to push uh, a certain stock, like saying, hey, you know what the, the real big thing is? Silver, right? Noel, I think um, you and I, maybe you, Matt, I, I don't know if we talked about this, probably had some folks talking about silver to us. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to mention just a, a buddy of mine. Uh, we were talking off air before we went on about this concept of cryptocurrency and how it's reacting to all of this uh, hoopla. Um, and a, a buddy of mine yesterday was talking about how he just invested a little bit of money in something called Dogecoin, which is just another of these many different varieties of cryptocurrency. Like, what is it? Ethereum? Did I make that one up? Something well, like that. And obviously, one. obviously the big one, Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is so expensive that there's it's really hard to buy into now unless you've been you know in it from from the ground up uh and th this is um my my buddy's rationale and i think it really holds true and it, and it kicks into the silver thing which i think is a, is a great place to go he says platforms like Robinhood have restricted trades of stock like gamestop and amc and the real short sell extravaganza silver the metal hasn't kicked off yet and may never. So lots of fired up retail or day traders, investors are ready to trade something. Bitcoin is too intimidating because the price in is now around 30 K. None of the other coins have any sway with the general public except Dogecoin, which opened yesterday as we record this uh, at less than one cent per share. When I got locked out of GameStop, I looked at the cryptos that had the most activity. Doge was ahead by a country mile and already up past 0.02, which is when I bought in. The creeps on Reddit are targeting a dollar, which would leave me more than debt free before student debt. Um, yeah, so it's it's. It's an interesting uh, the way the cryptocurrency market is reacting to this because it's just another market that can then be thrown into the mix to kind of offlay some of these burdens, you know, for these traders. Uh, but it causes a lot of action, right? Yeah, that's one of the big uh, th th that's one of the big possibilities in the future. Is this going to lead to uh, even more mainstreaming? of cryptocurrency. And there, there are tons of cryptocurrencies out there. Uh, let us know which one is your favorite and why. Uh, short sellers, according to the, uh, the retail investors, short sellers were attempting to save themselves by engaging in something called a short ladder attack. Uh, a short ladder attack is just putting in lower and lower bid prices uh, between yourselves so there's not really a lot of volume on this trade, but it's it's a camouflage thing. It's an illusory move because now it looks like the stock is plummeting because a bunch of people appear to be trading at lower and lower prices. Quite clever, quite clever. Uh, and so this means that not everybody might be the retail investor they purport to be. It's possible that other factions of Wall Street are involved. Wall Street may be eating its own. Ooh. Uh, okay, I, okay, just full disclosure here. Uh, ben gave me a gift at, at some point in our past. And when I remembered it, I was thinking about it when I was watching all of this going down in the news. And I just want to share it with everybody in case you may be interested. If you like uh, graphic novels, we're not sponsored by this this uh these writers or the artists or image comics but if you're interested in graphic novels there's a thing called the black monday murders highly highly recommend this is volume two by the way uh but it's about the stock market and the truth behind uh like black monday uh in 1929 and what happened you know in 2008 anyway it's really interesting stuff uh i highly recommend and Noel, don't feel left out, man, because spoiler alert, that's that's the gift I got you too. So I'm oh. surprised. Oh what? <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. Thanks. Well, I was dude. just I was watching your expression. I, I didn't want you to feel left out. Oh no, I did it wasn't it wasn't an expression. Uh thank you very much. I, is that is you said to the office? 
Uh, I think so. It's either it's either at the office of my car. You know what? You know what? I, I feel like I'm almost a short seller. It will be there by Monday, my friend. All right, fair, uh, fair. So, uh, yeah, Black Monday murders. It's it, it, it's a wild read. I, I love it. I do have to warn everybody that that like this story, Black Monday murders is not yet complete. So, creators of that, if you are listening, Jonathan Hickman, let's go. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, and while we're waiting. For that story to conclude, let's look at some of the updates for this uh, this current saga. There is a class. 338, by the way. 338. Okay. There, wow. Jeez. It's ping-ponging. Uh, there is a class action lawsuit afoot. Yes, uh, and and uh, it, it, it's it would seem there's a pretty good case to be made because, as we mentioned earlier, Robinhood has this business model where, like you said, Ben, if you're getting something for free, look no further than yourself to see where the where the product is coming from. Um, and the way that Robinhood is situated, where they're essentially giving like a first look at these trades to a third party that I'm sure somewhere in the terms is is acknowledged, uh, but it does seem like a little bit uh, sketchy. Uh, and then this third party is was directly affected by this uh, this run on, you know, short selling uh, or this short squeeze. Um, so the case to be made is that they misled uh, investors. They misled their user base, their customer base. Um, and yeah, and there's also a question of whether or not Citadel actually like pulled the trigger on those actions, right? That's right. There's even a rumor that there was a call from the White House that said, hey, stop letting people mess with GameStop. Stop letting people mess with the money. You know, that's another unwritten American law. Uh, so, so Citadel comes out very recently and denies any involvement with this. They say, quote, Citadel is not involved in responsible for any retail broker's decision to stop trading in any way. That's pretty explicit, right? There's not a uh, there's not much weasel language in there. Uh, this lawsuit is directly re- in response to the restrictions that were placed on GameStop. It was filed in the Southern District of New York, claiming that Robinhood was rigging the market against its customers. Uh, you can see the language of the lawsuit. Uh, you can see uh, the website of one law firm that's been engaged here, Chapman Albin LLC out of Cleveland. Uh, they specialize in investments and financial fraud. And if you go to their website today, you'll see uh, you'll see this message on the homepage that says, like, uh, who's got a good lawyer voice? You know, like a good good. I want like a good ambulance chasey lawyer voice. <laughs> Like, uh, are you a Robin Hood user who has suffered losses? Dial blah, 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 blah. Uh, you put in your information on this website. And so far, more than 6,000 people have signed up. Yeah, 6,000 people. And I'm sure that will grow as well as others that are attempting to pile on. On the on the subreddit Wall Street Bets, there are numerous posts right at the top uh, right now having to do with exactly that, how to essentially jump onto a class action lawsuit. And now we're, we're getting close to the, uh, the horizon, right? We're in the, we're in the present moment on the precipice of the future. And you're probably wondering some of the same things we are, namely what happens next. It's tough to say, because as we've established earlier, in some cases, there's a pretty good argument to be made that crime and consequences can be seen as a cost of doing business after a certain threshold of uh, profit. Oh, yeah. We've hit on that way too many times over the years here where it's just way, 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 way too profitable to make money in a slightly wrong way if it's just a slap of the wrist uh, for <laughs> for like 2% of what you made. But here's the thing. It could end up being a lot more expensive to actually follow the law and pay for the short selling when that bill comes due, right? Think of it this way. Okay. Uh, Let's say you're driving somewhere. Um, Let's say like, uh, Noel, you're driving. We're all in the car. We're on a road trip. And we, if we don't get to our destination by like 5 PM, we have to pay a thousand dollars. And we know that if we go the speed limit, there's no way we're going to make our destination by 5 p.m. But let's say, let's say we put the gas on, we break the law, and we speed fast enough 
that we can get there by 4.57. Even if we get stopped and we get a ticket for speeding, our ticket is $100, but we got there before five, so we really saved $900. And the best part, no one goes to jail. Ever. Sweet. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's where we're at. There's, if there is one unwritten law that all Americans, at least, all, all the people in the U.S. are expected to know and follow, it's this. Don't mess with the money. So what happens when people invade the casino? Messing with the money. <laughs> There's actually a really good line from uh, from this show, The Boys. I think you both have watched as well. Mm. A great comic series from Garth Ennis, and it's don't f- with the money. You never f- with the money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And at this point, we want to thank everybody who reached out to us as a group, as individuals. Uh, as we said at the top, uh, this there's still so much in play right now. Uh, the the situation is, <laughs> what's the diplomatic way to say it? Fluid, right? Uh, and we're not quite sure what will happen, but we've seen a nest of conspiracies. And, you know, there's there's also a pretty good argument to be made that the stock market itself is a series of conspiracies. You're conspiring to make money selling and and trading things. And to um, to the earlier point made today, uh, how closely associated is this with actual assets, actual value, you know? Mm hmm. And we really need to think about the apps that we use to access things and to, you know, make financial transactions on. And even with the best of intentions or the best slogans or the best ideological framing for an app, we've learned now that it doesn't necessarily mean that's what's actually represented. By the way, did we already mention that site is the squeezesquoze.com that, that Paul told us about? I think you said it at the very beginning, but what okay. is it? Uh, well, I, I don't know exactly what the site is. Uh, it's from Inflammateomnia. I don't know what that is. But uh, anyway, it's it's just a quick little site here, and it lets you know whether or not the squeeze has been squoze. And currently, it has not been squoze. <laughs> and, and we have no idea who is creating this site, whether or not it's accurate. It's just very fun to go there and to say that phrase. And I guess just to, just to be safe, uh, lest anybody assume otherwise, none of what we have said is in any way financial advice. No. <laughs> none of it. Uh, but we, we do think it's fascinating. We hope that you agree and we'd, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, we try to make it easy to find us online. Yes, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook where we are Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we are Conspiracy Stuff Show. You can find us on the Facebook group, Here's Where It Gets Crazy. You can meet up with all of the conspiracy realists that are hearing this right now, as well as us and some of the greatest mods in history on the Yield Facebook groups. Um, if you don't want to do that stuff, we have a phone number where you can reach us. Right. You can call one eight three three stdwytk You will have three minutes to leave a message, a story, a missive, a transmission, what have you. Try to keep it within those three minutes. We've been getting slammed lately uh, with messages. And, and the closer you keep to that three, the more likely you are to get on one of our weekly listener mail episodes. You can also find us on YouTube.com slash Conspiracy Stuff. Uh, should you feel so moved, you can drop by your pod scraper of choice and leave us a review. It makes a difference. We greatly appreciate it. And if none of that quite shorts your stock, there's one way you can always contact us. That's our good old-fashioned email address where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. 
And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now.